You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Future of Flushing. I'm Vito Calisi. With me, Jonathan Barron, the hosts of the show, and our guest today from the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, it's Dom Hamill. Dom, first off, we just want to hear how you are feeling so far just about this 2023 season in general. You're off to a really great start so far in this first half. For sure. I mean, we're, we're feeling the, the best we have this year, which is good to hear, you know, later in the year. Uh, but, yeah, getting over that that midseason hump, I've just been feeling good with the plan, uh, making my, my approaches different and adjusting how I needed to. And right now we feel like we're at a good spot, so just sticking to those rocks. But, yeah, we're feeling good. Now, Don, Vito and I are talking to you at a great time because you've been at your sharpest of late. Uh, you just had an 11-strikeout game over your last three starts, 27 strikeouts, three walks. You've been throwing at a 70% strikeout uh, strike rate. What's helped you be so sharp, especially in your last three outings? Um, just talking through stuff with our coaches and, and my teammates. I mean, I know I have good stuff to go out and compete. It's just the terms of actually executing and um, a lot of times, like when you're going out there in a fearful approach or a feel for feel for manner, you know you're being very courteous of where your place and stuff. Um, yeah, we obviously want to execute, but when you're when you're showing that you kind of are giving a batter a little leeway to to get into something, it, it just it makes a big difference at this level. So I just got to a point talking to my guys where it's like I don't care who's going, I don't care where this pitch goes, like. Like, if I execute it, there's nothing wrong realistically that could really happen. So I'm just selling out to a spot and just doesn't change. So right now, we're at the midway point. But I want to go back to the very beginning of the season, back in late February. Um, a very exciting time for you. For two reasons. First, the intra-squad game that you started. And Buck Showalter, the Mets manager, did not take it easy on you. He stacked the top of the lineup. You faced the likes of Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor. What was that experience like for you, pitching in that game and facing those big bats in the Mets lineup? Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, um, that's not that, it's definitely not just backfield spring training, you know, and you're getting <laughs> into like the heart of the Mets lineup. Um, it's definitely a privilege. So, I mean, I was, I was excited they wanted me to start that game. Obviously, a little anxious. So, I mean, I think yeah. I had a wild pitch and <laughs> walked a couple guys. Hit. Uh, Mark Canna, of course, out of all the guys to hit. You're not the only person to do that. That happens a lot with Mark <laughs> Exactly, <Canna's>, so. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, well, I got your first one of the year. Don't remember me. But, uh, no, that was really cool. Yeah, I was excited. Uh, probably a little more uh, geared up than I should have been. Just, you know, just the nerves. I was I was so excited to be facing such a lineup. But, uh, yeah, no, it went well for the most part. I mean, it was a little sporadic in some parts. But, I mean, worked out of two jams and, that was awesome getting out there to do that for sure. And then a few weeks later, obviously, you play in the World Baseball Classic for yeah. Team Puerto Rico. What was that entire experience like for you? I was unreal. I mean, that's like you talk about the best of the best. I mean, there's always, you know, World Series every year. And, you know, when it gets to that game seven, you feel that kind of tension. That's it's every game felt like it was game seven of a World Series. And I haven't even been in a World Series. Like, this is just from what the other veterans are saying around me, like, this. This means more to them, to their their family, and just like all their loved ones. And winning a World Series, obviously, they want to doesn't want to rank. But uh, just when you're when you're called for an opportunity like that to to represent, you know, motherland, and 
you know, just an entire heritage, a whole, whole bloodline, a whole family. Like it just means a lot. And that, it, the craziest part was like, it just brought the greatness out of all these guys. And so guys are playing like it's game seven of the world series, but like, like it's early February, like spring training's like just in the midst of things. And these guys are at their full best trying to win this. So that was really awesome seeing that kind of environment, that kind of atmosphere. Um, and yeah, it was just really an honor to watch how all those guys went about their business. Were there any of the pros from Team Puerto Rico specifically you were able to work with and get some advice from? I mean, my catch partner most of the day, his name is Nick Padilla. He's a cool dude. Um, he's with uh, the White Sox. Um, he's got service time up and down. But I mean, I was locker mates with, with Stroman. I got to pick his brain a little bit on just like his pitching mentality. Um, he had some really good things to say about just, you know, finding your rocks and, and being stoic with them, like not shying away from them when they go a little south or they don't go as you planned. Like you still know it can work. So like, you know, why would you ever kind of stray from that, that type of approach, that attack? So um, that was cool. Um, Lindor, just seeing how he goes about it with the clubhouse with all the guys, like he's, he's definitely a glue guy. He can mingle. Like I feel like, you know, we kind of have a similar personality. We like to play pretty relaxed, and we're both just good competitors. Obviously, it's Francisco Lindor and I'm me, but just like the personality, the way to blend and just mingle and approach anyone, which is, you know, respect, but also, you know, just a, a very chilled out manner. That was awesome. Um, the rest of it was just watching guys play. Like everyone, everyone in the clubhouse is always, always like really chill, feel good, but. You know, once they got game time, like you just you could see it in their eyes, really. Like they're just changed; they're in a different state of mind, and it's just they're they're top of the line competitors. That's why they're playing there. So another member of that team, Puerto Rico uh, squad, is Coach Victor Ramos, who you also worked with at PSL. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your relationship with him? Vic was was one of the guys I first met when I had signed to the Mets, and has gone through a lot of stuff with my mom's passing, and so he was just someone I could talk to. Um, within the org, like as a coach, but uh, you know, he, he wasn't a player. Like it's it's pretty special when you you're able to connect with a coach like that. So, um, yeah, we just we worked with each other the first half in St. Lucie, and then after I left, we still would keep in touch here and there. And then um, yeah, once that season ended and off season came around, he was the one that was able to make that connection uh, to the classic coordinators for the team and. Um, yeah, he just reached out to me, told me there might be an opportunity. And I was, I was like, I would love to, if I could. <laughs> and then, yeah, the day they called me back to officially like, tell me I got the last roster spies with my grandparents. And it was a cool moment to share. And he knows how much that meant to all of us. And it was, he, he's been the man for me for sure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, your 2022 work with Victor led to you being named the 2022 Mets Minor League Pitcher of the Year. You started the year at St. Lucie. You moved to Brooklyn. You had even more success in Brooklyn than St. Lucie. Now you're with Double A Binghamton. So I'm wondering 
what differences have you experienced on the mound at all three levels, uh, both challenges and just what you find different about all three in the competition? It's pretty similar, like the dynamic, like it's a full lineup. There's usually like three or four bats you really like are kind of respective of. You know, they can go power both fields. That's the guys I got to work both sides of the play and adjust in, in counts. Whereas, you know, some bottom of the lineup guys, they have kind of one approach to try to, you know, stay middle away or, you know, catch something up and turn it. And so, you know, you just pitch into their dead zones. But, um, yeah, just as you move up, just those those three or four, like those damage hitters, they're just better at hitting the mistakes. And I think that's something I've been worried about before, like maybe in the beginning of the season when I was sporadic with my walks and, you know, it's just I wasn't attacking guys with, you know, I don't and I don't give a crap kind of approach. I was pitching guys like, oh, don't throw it into his back because he does this well. Like I, I do stuff really well too. And if I do that to my fullest extent, like, it wins most of the time. So just getting back on that train where it's like, dude, your stuff's good. You just trust in, yeah, you, you adjust when you need to, but it's the same, it's the same game moving up all the levels, obviously better talent, but it's, it's really the same game. So you just got to keep it simple. What is it like transitioning in an off the field setting from a place like PSL to Brooklyn to then go to Binghamton because you're going from a place like PSL, which is the Mets like full spring training facility. Then you're going to Brooklyn, which is basically in the middle of a a gigantic city where you're in the thick of it. And then you go to Binghamton. How is that mentally affecting you? Um, Yeah, it's, it's definitely three completely different environments to be living in like full time. But uh, I mean, I don't, it's not, it's not anything too crazy. Like obviously we're all locked in on baseball, but, yeah, the city, there's there's plenty of stuff to do around, but um, yeah, Binghamton, it's very like quiet, kind of spread out. It's still a college town, but it's like not, you know, like a power five type college town where it's sold out on their, their nearby college. It's just, it's just chill Binghamton. Like it reminds me of like my junior college I went to and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's whatever the, the, out, the outside living conditions, you know, or whatever I'm, I'm thankful enough that I get to be so close to family and they're able to come up a lot from, from Poughkeepsie and there, it was a quick ride to Brooklyn and then now it's a quick ride to Binghamton too. So that's been awesome. So, I mean, I guess I'll take that over, over the living environments, whatever. When you did get promoted to Brooklyn last year, you ended up missing out winning a championship with PSL as exciting as it is to get promoted. Is there any piece of you that's looking back thinking, man, I really would have liked to pitch in that championship game. Yeah, that would have been cool, but I mean, we we still clinched first half, so I mean, we got to do a little celebration, you know, with our sparkling finder. Woo, you know, definitely sparkling cider, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. The dude at Lowe, I've always I've always wondered, I've always guys wondered. Are, yeah, Lowe, the guys aren't a lot of the guys aren't old enough to drink you cider to be safe all around. But um, <laughs> no, I mean that was cool. That was that was whatever. I mean, um, yeah, it was still cool to say I was a part of that. Like winning season that championship season especially because they won the first half and the second half they, they went crazy that whole year but uh you know i've also been thankful to play on a lot of winning teams so i mean i know what that's like and yeah you're in one award or accolade and then you know there's another game coming soon or there's something else to to go after so um yeah that was cool for them to celebrate but i mean it's all pretty fleeting so now speaking of promotions mike vassal started the year with binghamton He's now with AAA Syracuse. Christian Scott started the year with the Cyclones. He's now your teammate with the Rumble Ponies. 
Wade Tidwell last night struck out 11 batters. There's a, a wealth of talent throughout the system. Do you guys all communicate, even if you're not necessarily at the same level throughout the year, kind of just keep up, talk about what's going on, and also kind of be inspired by each other's performances? For sure, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, the guys in, in your own draft class, like, I mean, Vassal is my roommate a lot of the time on the road, and I lived with them actually back in Vigo. So, I mean, I played with him last year, too. So, yeah, I mean, we still keep in touch just because there's more relationship. Blade, I met in spring training. I know he's a fierce competitor, too, and I love that. Just, I mean, I haven't really checked in with him personally. But, yeah, he's doing well. He's shoving it. I know he's nasty. We still play catch a lot and at the complex. And he actually was helping me work with the sleeper. Uh, he was the first person I played catch with to, like, show how one, like, in-game would work pretty much and, you know, um, probably maybe should have checked back into them just to let them know the sleepers going well. But uh, yeah, I mean, we see we're all shoving at, at different levels, and it's just like you, you get excited for the future. You're like, you know, if we just keep this up, like, what's it gonna look like in like three years? Like, it'd be awesome if it's like that power four in a rotation, you know? Yeah. Well, we do call this podcast the future of flushing for a reason. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Obviously, all of the minor league Mets, you guys are doing an amazing job. Uh, it's good to hear that you're catching up with some of them. But this year, a major league Met was down there in Binghamton with you, and that was Justin Verlander. Did you get a chance to learn anything from him, speak with him? What was it like getting to be on a team with him for a second? Um, Not really. I mean, he said a few words to me. Like, he just said, what's up? I'm Justin. I was like, yeah, you are obviously. I'm Dom. <laughs> but uh, uh that was actually that's a funny story though with Basil actually because Mike and I are lockers and next to each other we're chatting blah 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 JV walks in and we're like doing this thing blah 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 we're still talking and we're kind of turning and then he's like hey and we just turned it's just Justin like right out he's like what are we wearing tonight and I was just like uh what do you want to wear man and he's like uh what'd you guys wear yesterday and then and Mike <laughs> I kind of was like stuttering my words just because he caught me out of ground. I was like, uh, what do you want to wear? And Mike just immediately goes in his locker and is such fidgeting with his clothes. Like he's already fully dressed, just pl playing with clothes to like do something. But, um, <laughs> that was literally about all I said to him. Uh, I think he, he dipped down like the eighth inning, just did his arm care and bounce. I don't, I don't blame him. But, uh, it was funny though. Cause I think he made a joke to one of the trainers or something. He's like, yeah, see a helicopter flying out during the game. I'll, I'll give you a wave. And we're like, ah, oh, it's just cause the big league. Not nah. like bottom of the eighth. I think. <laughs> <laughs> that was tough. That was really wow. So, uh, yeah, that, that's probably about it. I didn't get to say much else to him, but I mean, he shoved it. He came down, shoved did his thing. It was, it was cool to watch. It's always fun to see when a major leaguer has to is in a rehab game and wears one of the the fun like novelty promotional jerseys. And I'm really upset we didn't get to see Justin Verlander in that strawberry yeah. uh, that strawberry oh, shortcake that jersey. Great. Shortcake. Oh, that would have been great. Speaking of Justin Verlander, who were some guys that you grew up modeling your game after, and who were some pitchers that you really enjoyed watching when you were a kid? I mean, I always loved watching Max Scherzer. Um, just a dog like obviously he's got the pitch ability but just the mentality and like that kind of like tenacity he pitches with is just like one of a kind so um that uh for the most part and then um probably some like pitch modeling i mean 
last year in college, I want to set up throw. I feel like I throw a lot of, like Jack Flaherty, um, okay. to, like pitch usage and stuff. But uh, now that I have a cutter and a sweeper, I don't really have a solid comp. But I mean, everyone everyone's physically and, and pitching wise different in their own manner. Like I just I know I'm a ride guy, and then I got big breaks, so north south guy and. Um, I just look more like at Scherzer for like the mentality and like kind of just that dog. When he goes deep in a game, you see like what kind of animal comes out. And that's something I always love seeing. Now you just mentioned the sweeper. Um, you're kind of known as a spin rate darling. Uh, you know, you kind of caught attention in your draft year for your high spin rates. Is that something that you focus on the analytic side of the game heavily, especially between starts? Kind of. I it's more just like a check in. Like I know where my numbers should be at for the most part. Um, but yeah, just I, I was more I was more locked in on that in, in college, just because I, when I was at DBU, that's when I learned that side of it, and that, that real stack cast era was really starting to take over. And yeah, yeah, I learned like I had a lot of IVB on my fastball, and you know the spin rates were up compared to like you know the major league averages and whatnot. And that's kind of when I was like, all right, you can really like start taking pride in this. But you know, you take it with a grain of salt, like when your numbers are slightly off one day you can't lose sleep that you know i was i was five or six inches shorter on my extension actually maybe you should because that's kind of drastic but just like if your spin rate's down for a day or you're not getting that extra ticks of horizontal that you wanted you know you can't completely bug out about it but uh yeah there is it's it's pitch by pitch data like there's the proofs in the pudding like if you know what to look for you can you can make adjustments like needed so um, yeah, it's something I've, I found myself getting too deep in before and kind of got to keep a balance of like just going out there and execute and then you check in and then, you know, if your arm, <laughs> arm was down, you know, you can see if you're dragging or you're just flying open, whatever it is. So, yeah, those are definitely valuable numbers. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data wasabi another boston-based championship team so we're looking forward at the second half of the year do you have any goals you've been setting up for yourself just go sub to keep punching out of the world you know go deep in games keep giving quality starts i mean that's obviously easier said than done but uh just trying really to, to keep it simple just keep winning the first two or three pitches like that's the best thing you can do for yourself and the team like you just go out there and eat innings, and if you start getting banged up a little bit, you know, you don't keep beating around. You just keep attacking and keep trusting your stuff. Just keep eating up innings, save the pen. We are approaching now two years since the Mets drafted you. 
in general, what has your experience been like in the Mets player development system from day one to where we are right now? Yeah, it's solid. I mean, it's I do a good job of like doing individual, uh, you know, programming and, you know, our, our pitching department does a good job of like giving us uh, desired, uh, you know, movement prep to do each day or like something tailored to us that they feel like could unlock something, you know, give us a couple other, you know, miles per hour, you know, uh, lift heavier, whatever it is. But, and then, yeah, so they, they do a good job of keeping it individualized and then, uh, they're pretty balanced. Like they're good with the, the data side, but they know some guys aren't over the top with it. So, I mean, it's kind of just more, if you want it, like we have that available for you, but if not, like they just, they let guys do their thing for the most part. It's nice. Let's talk a little bit about more of that season. Uh, this week, you had what might have been your best start in the Mets system. Let's talk about that 11-strikeout game. How are you feeling? Did anything feel different? Just what was going through your mind that night? Tack it. I mean, I was told my catcher, Hayden, he called a great game. I was like, yo, like they know they got my scouting report. They know I have gross stuff, but I feel like they're just going to be trying to work that to spit on the <laughs> stuff to get to a hitter's count. So let's ambush him with fastballs, keep him in the, keep him guessing and, you know, make him hit the fastball. If they don't, then we'll just stay there. And yeah, I just had a good feel for the fastball that day. I was spotting it, getting my good 24 inches of ride on it. Yeah. I just kept putting it at the hands, keep keeping it up. And I think I had one walk towards the end, but you just keep consistently the race to race to two strike numbers and the and the first pitch strike like those are huge stats to to take pride in um, as a starter. So that was that was just the focus. See how far I can go. And in the minor leagues, you guys play six game series, and you kind of play the same teams mm-hmm. more often than in the major leagues, where you know you're seeing a team maybe once all year. So as a pitcher, how challenging is that to face the same hitters? They have the book on you. But then you have the book on them as well. What what's that cat and mouse game like? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely tough as opposed to college. You know, I just face a team once a week, um, and then you know more often than not, you're just playing once a season, and then that's it. You never see them again. But yeah, yeah. not here. It's definitely challenging. Expect especially with more talent. Um, yeah, guys are better at making adjustments, but. Uh, yeah, we have all the footage. We have the portals to go look at, look at guys, and you know that I think that's the biggest thing you see. You look at like a lineup's last series or the last game they face, and just their general approaches, and you just take little notes and go about it. But I mean, everyone's good at this level. It's just execution, pitch by pitch execution. Who wins each pitch? Um, that's really what that's to get you paid, obviously. But. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the distinguishing factor here. Guys that are better at adjusting and knowing approaches. Who's the toughest at bat you face so far? Rafaela from Portland. He's pretty nasty. Um, he wasn't here. He got promoted. But uh, him um, and uh, Hunter Goodman probably with Hartford. He's having a good year. Solid bat. Just you could tell by, by like some of the way like I mean, just guys that stand out, they just hit the ball hard all the time. Like, whether it's it's fair power, just pulling the ball, ground ball, fly ball. Like, guys just find barrels, and he's one of those guys for sure. 
As we head towards the end of this interview, we're going to ask you a few questions that this is just a settle of question that me and John have been debating over the last few days. You get a sandwich. Are you a cutlets or a cold cuts guy? Cold cuts for sure. Cold Thank cuts. You, Come man. on, Dom. Cold Come cuts. on, Dom. I like to fold it all up with a knife. Yeah. Thank Got you, right. man. Are you a mortadella right. guy? What the hell is that? Mortadella? Oh, man. That's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> I have to stop being a New York Italian person. <laughs> so They don't have that big antenna. <laughs> also, uh, Dom, so realize you use a lot of baseball terms. Like, you use a lot of, like, baseball lingo. What's your favorite? <laughs> we have one of our coaches. He just always yells out. He, he He's one of our pitching guys, and he, he'll – just whenever he says to the pitcher, or just in the game, it's with the same tone. I say, win it, go get it, here we go. It's so just, that's kind of like, I guess what I do. Just anywhere I go, it's like, oh no, I want a bitch. I don't know. It's kind of more of an inside <laughs> joke. But, uh, um, I don't know. Call people beast a lot. I don't know if that's baseball lingo. So what's up, beast? <laughs> that's big Gen Z lingo. Yeah, it is, Loki. Uh, <laughs> no cap, no cap, no cap. <laughs> and uh, last question is: We ask everybody this: When you debut at City Field, what song are you going to be warming up to? Probably "We Major" by Kanye West. That's good. There you go. Come on, homie, we major, we major. Come on, homie, we major. There yeah. you go. Well, we can't, we can't wait to hear it blasting through the speakers at City Field. Dom, thanks so much for taking the time. You were great. Um, congratulations on a great first half and continued success in the second half. We'll talk Appreciate to you down you. the road. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate y'all.